0: Amen and uh, what an awesome song. Amen makes it easy to get up and preach y'all all all right with that and uh, y'all give it up for this choir as they head back We appreciate you leading us in worship this morning and uh, the band and the orchestra. Hey, you got a Bible say yes and uh, let me invite you this morning to open to the book of 2 Timothy. I know that may throw some of you off this morning. I've been preaching through Luke for quite some time and, and uh, really felt uh, led of the Lord this week to spend some time in 2 Timothy and bring a message directly uh, for mothers. And so this morning, I want to talk to you on the influence of a godly mother. Now, I also want you to know, because some of you in the house this morning are not moms. Uh, some of you are dads. Some of you are just teenagers. Some of you are single. Some may be married without children. I want you to know that what we're about to learn together this morning uh, really are some principles that we are going to apply directly to a mom and see in a mom's life, but you can apply these principles as well to your life, and so we would pray that you would do that this morning. So 2 Timothy chapter 1 in your Bible, you got it there, say yes, and uh, let me invite you to stand with me in honor of God's word. 2 Timothy chapter 1, beginning in verse 3, Paul's writing to Timothy, notice what he says. I thank God, whom I serve with a clear conscience, the way my forefathers did, as I constantly remember you in my prayers night and day, longing to see you even as I recall your tears, so that I may be filled with joy. For I am mindful of the sincere faith within you, which first dwelt in your grandmother Lois, and then notice this, and your mother Eunice. And I am sure that it is in you as well. For this reason, I remind you to kindle afresh the gift of God, which is in, the, in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of timidity, but of power, of love, and of discipline. Let's bow together. Uh, Father, thank you for your word this morning. And we're in uh, desperate need you to speak to our hearts today. Uh, God, all of us uh, in the building uh, really do desire to leave a godly heritage, to leave a legacy that would influence others for eternity's sake. So, Father, we thank you for moms. We thank you for the powerful role that they play in shaping the lives of children. And I would pray, Lord, that as we look at the life of Eunice this morning, that we would see great, great encouragement on how to uh, invest in the generation below us and father we pray uh, this morning that you would just fill the place with your holy spirit draw people to yourself and we'll give you glory and it's in Jesus Christ's name that we pray and everybody said amen and you can be seated so I want to begin kind of with a statement this morning and uh, you need to make sure you get this so if you don't listen to anything else at least listen to this Uh, the legacy you leave tomorrow is determined by the life that you live today The legacy you leave tomorrow is determined by the life that you live today. Most all of us in the room have probably heard of Charles Wesley. He was extremely instrumental in the Methodist movement. Charles Wesley, in fact, wrote a ton of hymns. Somewhere, uh, it's been estimated that he's written around 6,500 hymns. That is a lot of songs. And about 500 of those particular songs are still sung even today. A couple of them that you might be familiar with. One is Christ the Lord is Risen Today. Another one is, oh, for a thousand tongues to sing, blessed be the name of the Lord. Now, whenever we consider Charles Wesley, we very seldom look at his upbringing. But you might want to know that Charles Wesley was actually the 18th child out of 19 children born to Miss Suzanne Wesley. 19 children. Can I get a witness on that? Good night. That woman crazy. But anyway, so uh, 19 kids, right? And uh, Suzanne Wesley was a mother to be praised indeed. She lived a life uh, that literally was set aside for Christ, but she also, she invested in the lives of her children. Matter of fact, she wrote a letter to one of uh, her sons named Samuel, and listen to what she wrote to this man who would one day become a preacher. This is a letter from a mom to her son. She says, "'Begin and end the day with God, who is the Alpha and Omega.'" And if you really experience what it is to love God, you will redeem all the time you can for his more immediate service. Get as deep an impression on your mind as is possible of the constant presence of the great and holy God. He is about our beds and about our paths and spies out all of our ways. And whenever you're tempted to the commission of any sin or the omission of any duty, pause and say to yourself, what I'm about to do, God sees me. That's a strong letter, isn't it? You know, author Edith Dean writes about the life of Miss Suzanne Wesley, saying she practiced what she preached to her sons. Though she gave birth to 19 children in the years of 1690 and 1709, and was naturally a frayer woman and busy with many family cares, she set aside two hours every single day for private devotion to God. And in an autobiography, or rather, a biography about her life. Mabel Brailsford comments and says this, When we ask ourselves how 24 hours could hold all normal activities, which she, a frere woman, woman of 30, was able to crowd into a single day, the answer may be found in these two hours of daily retirement. When she drew from God in the quietness of her own room, peace and patience and unfaltering courage. Now I want you to know this morning, as we consider Miss Suzanne Wesley and the impact that she made in the lives of her children, often we highlight the triumphs in a person's life, but she faced many trials as well. Matter of fact, only nine of her 19 children lived to be adults. Samuel, who was her firstborn, didn't speak until he was five years old. She lost him on one occasion and was extremely worried. And she called out for him after he had been gone for several hours. And then he finally spoke his very first words at the age of five when he says, Mother, here I am. You know, she describes her firstborn child as a son of my extreme sorrow. She faced grief without a doubt. In fact, another child smothered in his sleep and was brought to her without any warning, just a little corpse. Her twins, they both passed away, as did her first daughter. And between 16 97 and 1701, five of her children passed away. A daughter was deformed for life, owing to the carelessness of a maid. And to add to her woes, debt mounted, and the family's credit was absolutely exhausted. Susanna's husband, never a practical man, couldn't make ends meet for his family. And had it not been for the management of his wife, they would have often gone without any bread. One author writes, concerning her life regarded from a purely material point of view Suzanne Wesley's story is one of uncommon misery hardship and even failure but spiritually it is a life of true riches glory and victory for she never lost her high ideals nor her sublime faith Susanna once wrote during a great trial in her life though man is born to trouble yet I believe there is scarce a man to be found upon the earth Take the whole course of his life, has more mercy than affliction, has more pleasure than pain. All my suffering, she writes, by the admirable management of omnipotent goodness, have concurred to promote my spiritual and eternal good. Glory be to the Lord. See, Suzanne Wesley was a woman to be praised. She underwent and understood, rather, the comment, the legacy you leave tomorrow is determined by the life that you live today. But not only did Suzanne Wesley leave an impact for her children, but I also want you to see this morning that Timothy's mom, Eunice, impacted him greatly. Timothy was a young pastor who actually was giving the leadership of the church at Ephesus. Paul the apostle had appointed him to be the pastor of that particular church. But it was a very difficult time in the life of Christianity in the Roman Empire. The Christians were not bowing down to the emperor and claiming him to be God. Instead, they were bowing down only to the Lord Jesus Christ. Nero, who was the emperor at this time, couldn't stand Christians and devised somewhat of a a satanic plan. He chose to burn down half the city of Rome, and in doing so, his desire was to rebuild the city to be even greater. But after burning down half of the city, he turned and pointed the finger at all of the Christians and said, those are the ones who started the fire. Well, this escalated, to say the least, a great uh, persecution toward believers in that day and time. And it was Timothy, this very young pastor, as we read the letters that Paul the Apostle wrote to him, that we find out Timothy was a man who began to put aside some of the gifts that God had given him out of fear. Fear of what others would say, fear of what others would do. We find that Timothy was a very timid individual and not very evangelistic. And so Paul the Apostle writes to him. But what is awesome is that Paul in his first letter to Timothy actually elevates his mother. He elevates Timothy's mother and reminds Timothy of the influence that his mom Eunice had in his life. And it was Eunice who served as a source of encouragement to the life of Timothy to really live in such a manner as to honor the Lord and to fulfill the mission which God had given him. So this morning as we take in scripture this mother Eunice and pull her out so to speak and place her before us, We get the opportunity to see some principles that were true in her life that will help every single mother today. But these principles also will help every single father this morning. I think every one of us, if we got gut level honors, do y'all listening say yes? Every single mom, every single dad in the building today, you would agree with me in saying that you desire to influence your children in a way that honors God. I think all of us are on the same page with that. But in order to do that, we have to apply some of these principles. So I want you to see three things from Eunice's life this morning. Y'all ready say yes? Here's the very first thing. If you're going to influence your children, first of all, you must have a saving faith. You must have a saving faith. Now, notice uh, what the Bible says. And you, I'm going to get you to turn to this, so just listen. Acts chapter 16, and verse 1, here's what the Bible says. Paul came... To Derby and Lystra. And a disciple was there by the name of Timothy. What was his name? Yeah, Timothy. All right, so this is who we're talking about, Timothy. And then it says, the son of a Jewish woman who was a believer. His father was a Greek, and Timothy was well spoken of by the brethren who were in Lystra and Iconium. Now, the Bible tells us that Eunice was a Jewish woman who was a believer. Now, what does this mean? This means that there was a point in time in Eunice's life when she had heard the message of the Lord Jesus Christ, how he died on the cross for her sins, paying for her sin debt by dying in her place, and how three days later he was resurrected from the dead. Eunice realized that she was a sinner destined for eternal separation from God in hell and that she was in desperate need of forgiveness. So there was a point in time in her life when she turned from her sin, she placed her faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, believing in him. And this belief in Jesus gave her a brand new life, a life worth living. And this belief in the Lord Jesus Christ was the very foundation of not only her life as an individual, but also her life as a mother seeking to influence her own children. This saving faith gives evidence that she pleased the Lord. You know, the Bible says in Hebrews 11 and 6, without faith, it is impossible to please God. So if you don't have saving faith, that is, if you've not come to a point in your life where you've trusted Jesus as your personal Savior, then you are living a life that will find it impossible to please the Lord. But listen to this. The only legacy worth leaving is a legacy of faith in Jesus. The only legacy worth leaving is a legacy of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, I experienced this uh, growing up. I remember going to Milford Baptist Church over in Marietta, Georgia. And while I was uh, a young guy there, I had the opportunity to see something awesome happen in my mom's life that I really didn't understand what was going on uh, until several years later. But my mom, on one occasion in a church service, got up and walked down the aisle to the pastor. And Next thing I know, a few weeks later, uh, they had my mom in the baptismal pool. And they were talking about how my mom had given her heart to Jesus. Now, this is interesting because my mother had gone to church all her life. At a very, very young age, my mom uh, claimed to have given her heart to Jesus. But she realized at a young age that that was not genuine. She was pretty much following suit with what everybody else was doing. That was kind of the end thing. That's what you did when you went to church at a certain age, run up there and get baptized. But she experienced no life transformation. And so when I was just a young guy, all of a sudden seeing my mom be baptized and seeing her genuinely give her heart to Christ, I had the opportunity to see a drastic change in her over the course of many years. My mom began to grow deeply in her faith with the Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, it was her habit, and still is to this day, to get up in the morning and actually spend time in the Word of God. In fact, when I was living a very rebellious life as a teenager, seeking to run from God because I knew he wanted me to preach and I wanted to be a country music singer. Are y'all all right with that? <laughs> and so I was running from the Lord and outside of God's will for my life. And every single time that I would come down uh, to go to school, uh, and get in my truck and roll out, I would find my mom sitting there at the breakfast table with her Bible open, pen in her hand, journaling down her thoughts, spending time with the Lord and in prayer. Now remember, it used to bother me like crazy. Uh, she reminded me that I was not living a life set aside for Jesus in that moment. She reminded me, listen, her faithfulness to God reminded me of my unfaithfulness to the Lord. And so every single time I saw her, it used to drive me nuts. And I remember being, I don't know, 16 years old. I guess I was driving then. So when I was 16, I would um, have the opportunity to chat with her and talk to her about what's going on in my life. And as I began to share stories with her and ask her what I should do, I remember she would always say, well, what does the Bible say y'all to do? And I remember thinking to myself, I wish my mom would hush with this Bible stuff. Y'all all all right? In fact, I told her several times, quit bringing up the Bible. All right. Y'all all right? just talk to me normal. And I used to call her Mother Mary, make fun of her, put her down for what she was doing. But my mom continued to grow in her faith. My mom began to lead people to Christ. My mom uh, started Bible studies for other women in our home. My mom continues to do that to this day. My mom also is teaching Sunday school in the church that she currently attends uh, for uh, the student ministry there. The uh, girls, she's investing in their life. My mom made such a Unbelievable impact upon me personally. I even remember whenever I used to start dating, y'all all all right? I'd go out on dates and I would tell my mom who I was going out on a date with. Her first question would be, Is she a Christian? And I'd be like, Who cares? Y'all love your preacher, don't you? (laughs) I was missionary dating. Can I get a witness on that? I just, I'll go out with them and lead them to the Lord. That's a joke. But anyway, so, uh, But always she was asking me these questions. But when I look back historically on the person who had the greatest impact in my life, I would say without a doubt, just like what I believe Timothy would say, it was our mom. Our mom invested in us greatly. Moms, you have a massive role in the life of your children. Massive. Nothing to mess around with. you got about an 18-year span to really invest in them greatly. And in that time frame... You will not make an impact in their life for eternity if you've not experienced first saving faith. See, my mom never invested in my life till she was born again. Then she started investing that which, listen, will outlive her. Faith, saving faith. So you may be in the house this morning as a mom or even as a dad or a teenager. I don't know your situation, but you've come to church today, and I want you to listen closely. The Bible teaches that God wants to have a relationship with you. But you cannot experience that because you are born with a sin nature, separated from God, children of the wrath of God. The wages of our sin is death. Death is eternal separation from God in hell. All of us deserve this. All right. We deserve it. But God, looking at our sin situation, made provision for us. He made provision for us in his own son, Jesus Christ. Jesus came to the earth, lived a sinless life, and Jesus went to the cross. And there he died on the cross, not just for the sins of the whole world, but let me kind of personalize it. He died for you, in your place, as your substitute. And the Bible says that the wrath of God was poured out on his own son on the cross at Calvary. He was buried, and then three days later, he got up from the dead. Amen? And so he's alive today, and now he is reaching out to you, desiring for you to come into a relationship with him and experience genuine, saving faith where your life is radically transformed. And when you know God has changed you because the Holy Spirit comes to reside within your life, You all of a sudden begin to change the way you think. You change the way you talk. You change the way you live. Your old desires, old goals begin to pass away. And all of a sudden now you have new desires in your life, new goals in your life. That is all because of your relationship with the Lord Jesus. Now listen closely. If you've not experienced that change, then you've not experienced Christ. Some of you could very well be like my mom was. At an early age, you saw everybody run down in a Baptist church and jump in the waters. And you said, I want to do that, man. Let me get down there and be baptized. But you never genuinely gave your heart to Christ. And if you have not genuinely given your heart to Jesus Christ, you will never be able to lead your children to Christ. In fact, you are pointing them in the opposite direction. So if you've not experienced that this morning, God, by his grace, is calling you. Are y'all listening? Say yes. He is calling you this morning, not tomorrow. This morning, he's calling you and inviting you into a relationship with him. Where your sins can be forgiven, your life can be changed, and you can begin to leave a godly legacy in the life of your children. So what Eunice did, what my mom did, so some of you can do as well. Amen? So, that's saving faith. You first got to have that if you're going to have a godly influence. Eunice had it. But then, secondly, as we continue to look at the life of Eunice, we note she not only had a saving faith, but also she had a sincere faith. And I love this. Look in your Bible with me at 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 5. Look at this. Y'all got it? Say yes. Uh, I want you to see this. This is awesome. As a matter of fact, I'm going to read just a little bit, and then when I stop, I want you to fill in the blank. All right? Here it is. For I am mindful of the Let's try this again. Y'all all all right? This is sincere. I'll give you a little hint, all right? I'm mindful of the sincere faith within you, which first dwelt in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am sure that it is in you as well. Now, the term that I want you to kind of highlight there in your Bible is the term sincere faith. Uh, This word sincere faith, really, when we pull it out and look at it throughout all of Scripture, we find that there's a few things that elevate the reality of sincere faith in a person's life. Sincere faith, by the way, it literally means, the word sincere, it means authentic, it means genuine. Uh, In fact, as you study that word, you'll find yourself running into the terminology in the New Testament without hypocrisy. So it is faith in Christ without hypocrisy. Authentic, genuine, real. It's the real deal. Now, as we kind of look at this uh, idea of sincere faith, I want you to note a few things about Eunice. Eunice would have lived a life of integrity. Uh, In fact, integrity is just living the same in front of people as you are behind closed doors. Eunice was sincere. She lived out what she believed. She expressed the same love for God at home to Timothy uh, that she did in the church with Timothy. Eunice wasn't a pretender. Her faith was evidenced by her sincerity. And it was her integrity that actually gave her a sure focus in life. Proverbs 11 and verse, uh, or 10 and verse 9 says, He who walks in integrity walks securely. Check this out the mother who walks in integrity can walk boldly knowing that she will not be caught saying one thing while living another. Her integrity gave her a sure footing. Her integrity also gave her a sure focus in life. Proverbs 11 and 3 says, The integrity of the upright will guide them. That is, a life of integrity is governed by the hand of the Lord. Did you hear this? As you, ladies, mothers, as well as men, All of you, as we walk in integrity, that is, we live out what we say we believe. We walk on sure footing, and our lives are governed, managed by the Lord. We want to walk in that. That is a life of integrity. That is a life of sincere faith. But we also know that she experienced a life of wisdom. Wisdom. James tells us in James 3 and 17, the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, reasonable, full of mercy and good fruits, unwavering. And then check this out, without hypocrisy. All right. So this sincere faith in Eunice's life, listen closely, as she spent time with God, God poured out into her life wisdom. And wisdom is the ability to see life from God's perspective. And so she received this wisdom from God, and then she would share this wisdom with her son. This wisdom is not like the world's wisdom. In fact, James gives a litany of uh, quick little illustrations of this wisdom. He says it's pure wisdom. That is wisdom that fears the Lord and desires only to please him. It is peaceable wisdom. This is a wisdom that is free from worry and sustained with complete reliance upon God. When you and I receive wisdom from God, we are enabled to see life from his perspective. And as a result, that gives birth to the spiritual fruit of peace in our life. Because we know God is sovereign. God is in control of all things, not us. And so when we truly believe God is in absolute control, we are flooded with peace in our lives. Peace also is reasonable. Uh, He speaks of wisdom as being reasonable, wisdom that is easy to be called upon. Eunice was a mother whom Timothy felt confidence in coming to, believing that he would gain understanding and insight into the life from her words. Listen, listen, if your kids are afraid of you, you're not expressing sincere faith. They should not be fearful in coming into the room where you are. Are y'all listening say yes? This is for dads too, right? And there's no doubt that they should be afraid to sin. They should be fearful of stepping out of line. But they should not be fearful of just simply being around you. If they can come to you and they can hear wisdom from you that is reasonable, that is evidence that God has his hand upon your life, Mercies are the wisdoms merciful, It's a wisdom that is filled with compassion toward others This wisdom produces good fruit Eunice was a woman who bore out of her life of righteousness good deeds and those good deeds were noticed It's an outward evidence of her inward wisdom uh, She experienced unwavering wisdom uh, That is a wisdom that is based upon the sureness of Jesus Christ in his word and his love And The Bible tells us the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom See, a mother who is living a life of sincere faith has a life of integrity. She lives out what she says she believes. And then she has a life of wisdom because she's spending time with God. And God is giving her wisdom, the ability to see life from his perspective. But then we also know this woman would have lived a life of genuine love. Romans 12 and 9 says, Let love be, check this out, without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil, cling to what is good. The love of Timothy's mother was seen in her devotion toward the Lord Jesus Christ. The love that this woman had, Eunice, was also seen in her devotion to him. You know, there was a particular author who remains anonymous who actually wrote about a mother's love. Listen to these statements. A mother's love is something that no one can explain. It's made of deep devotion and of sacrifice and pain. It is endless and unselfish and enduring come what may, for nothing can destroy it or take that love away. It is patient and forgiving when all others are forsaking, and it never fails or falters even though the heart is breaking. It believes beyond believing when the world around condemns, and it glows with all the beauty of the rarest, brightest gems. It's far beyond defining. It defies all explanation. And it still remains a secret like the mysteries of creation. A many-splendored miracle man cannot understand. And another wondrous evidence of God's tender guiding hand. Listen closely. The love that a mom has to express toward her child is a love that is unconditional if she knows the Lord. God, by his grace at the moment of salvation, pours out unconditional love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Are y'all listening say yes? And the Holy Spirit then takes control of the mother. And then the mother is able, because she is empowered by the Spirit, to love her children the way God desires for her to. See, your children need to experience the love of God, and you as a mom, you as a dad, are the conduit through which God's love flows to your children. But if you don't know the Lord, you're not the conduit. So you've got to have a saving faith. You need to know God, but then you need to have a sincere faith. You need to live out what you say you believe. Don't pretend. Don't put on a mask. Don't be a hypocrite. Without hypocrisy, you are living this life for Jesus. And then the third reality is that you must have a sharing faith. A sharing faith. A couple of things that Miss Eunice passed down to her son Timothy. She passed down a commitment to the Son of God. John MacArthur writes uh, concerning her in 2 Timothy 1 and 5, this is a reference. He says, the reference to Lois and Eunice suggests that Paul knew those women personally and perhaps was instrumental along with Barnabas in winning them to Christ during his first missionary journey, which had taken him through Timothy's home area of Galatia. They probably were Jewish believers under the Old Covenant who immediately received Jesus as their Lord when they first heard the gospel from the lips of Paul. By the time of Paul's second journey, the woman had led Timothy to the Lord, and he already had become well-spoken of in Lystra and Iconium. Did you hear this? This is huge. Who led Timothy to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ? His mama did. Y'all out there say yes? What does this do for us? What does this do? It challenges Every mom, every dad, to make sure we are passing down to our children a genuine, authentic, real, without hypocrisy, faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. We share that faith with those who God has graced us with as a gift in our children. So we share that with them. But also, uh, we know she shared her commitment to the Word of God. In fact, look in your Bible. You can turn one page right quick to uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses uh, 14 and 15. 14 and 15. 2 Timothy 3, 14 and 15. Check this out. You, Timothy, uh, however, continue into things you have learned and become convinced of, knowing from whom you have learned them, all right, that from childhood, You have known the sacred writings which are able to give you the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. So from adulthood, uh, this woman, Eunice, actually invested in the life of Timothy even while he was a child. She invested the word of God. This is huge here. She not only taught him facts about the Bible, but she also sought to invest true living application in his life. Now look at the preacher just a moment. This is important, all right? A lot of us have our heads swole with biblical facts. And we can quote biblical facts like crazy, maybe even to our children. But if our children do not see the application of those biblical facts in our life, are we really passing anything on to them? So we not only need to know intellectually, but we also need to know practically how to put principles into action. You know, our uh, family uh, seeks to do this in a practical manner. I think I have mentioned to you a couple of times that we seek to have family devotions in the evening with our children to make sure that we invest the truth of Scripture into their life. Uh, My wife, who's not in this service, but uh, does a phenomenal job at investing in our children. Uh, In fact, just recently she finished reading a book on a missionary who gave his life for the cause of the gospel. So she reads, it's like a little story. She just reads through the whole story of his life. Our children are glued into that man. They're finding out how people are committing themselves to the cause of the gospel. That's so what kind of children we want. We want children who not only know the Lord, but want to influence others for his name's sake. Are y'all out there Say yes? Listen, there is a heaven, all right, there is a hell, and the only way to enter heaven is through Christ. And if we believe this, how passionate should we be at letting people know? And if we really believed it, how passionate would we be at telling our kids? All right. It's a wild thing. You run into uh, parents who claim to have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ and they don't even know if their kids are saved. So they have no clue about the spiritual life of their own children. You should be able to answer that, sir, ma'am. Very, very important. Your children are a gift from God. And you invest in them through saving faith, sincere faith, and sharing that faith. Commitment to Christ the Son. Commitment to the Word of God. I swear it, it's at. Now, listen, here's the deal. I'm about to wrap this bad boy up. Are y'all listening say yes? This has been your Mother's Day gift. Putting a bow on it now. That's a universal sign for wrapping a bow, all right? You have come to church. The very best gift you as a mom can give to God is your heart. If you've not given your life to Jesus, you need to make that decision today. But then secondly, listen, the very best gift you can give to a mom, to your children, is a life lived well for Christ. So if you're not, you need to repent. Good news, the Bible says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You can experience a freedom this morning. You can ask the Lord to forgive you for how you've been living, maybe how you've been acting in the home. And look at a preacher. You not only ask the Lord to forgive you, but some of you may need to sit down with your children today and ask them to forgive you. You've been ugly to them. Are y'all listening say yeah. You've talked to them in a manner that does not honor God. You, you've squandered years not investing in them. All right. And then you share with them. Now, look at the preacher. I'm about done. Y'all right? That's, a, that's, one, that's one awesome thing about being a preacher. I remember sitting out there where y'all were and hearing the preacher say, I'm almost done. And I'd be like, "There's another five minutes. Good night. This dude ain't ever going to quit. Y'all all right? And now I'm up here saying, I ain't done yet. Y'all all right? Look at me. Some of you, your kids are already grown and gone. And what you're doing now is you're thinking, good night. I wish I would have heard a message similar to that when I was parenting my children, but they're gone. I've wasted that time. Listen, here's, here's great news for you. You give your life to Jesus today if you have not already, or you choose now all right, to live a sincere faith. And by God's grace, he can redeem the time that has been squandered. Right? Investing truth, investing truth. Y'all out there say yeah? Let's bow together. Father, in the name of Jesus, put your hand upon this fellowship.